Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into a remote version of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, Herb Lawrence. Hello, Sean. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader will be joined later by Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. He has an article up at allchgo.com talking about Jose Abreu's return to Chicago. Um, also has an article up on, or I think Jared has an article up on about Saturday's win, the 3-1 win. You can follow him on Twitter at Jay Willis. Um, wise instead of eyes. We are coming to you live after a White Sox loss. Four to three. Of course. <laughs> hey, I mean, of course, but like, I can't lie. They, there were moments where I was like, oh, they're, they're in this. They, they might have a chance. Andrew Vaughn popped up probably their best chance to actually uh, tie that game up uh, right behind the catcher. Uh, I was frustrated with my boy today, and a lot of people were on Saturday, even though it was a win. So, uh, Herb, what's your big takeaway from not only the 4-3 loss today, but uh, also uh, on this series? The series, it, it's going to be weird. It's Herbie Sunshine returning. Luis oh. Roberts, a superstar. Like, yes, this, he is. L- this level of Luis Robert, what we've gotten from him this year for the most part, is what he should be doing every single year. Like, I know he has lulls, and, you know, late in the game, he struck out on a slider. Strikeouts are going to happen. But when he strikes out the four times in the game and he looks non competitive, that's not of him. This is the thing I took away is that you miss with Luis Robert in the zone. He's going to punish it. And that's what the best hitters do in this game. And then today, the high fastball he got that he went up and got and crushed it for a double. That's growth. I mean, because, you know, it's easy to hit balls that are in the zone. Not easy but for him. It's easy to hit balls in the zone or mistakes like the slider yesterday. But to go up, get a pitcher's pitch elevated 95 plus and crush it into for a double that takes a special L I mean, special level of player. And it looks like the player is ascending now resting on his laurels is what I usually see him do. Or just the comments we talked about last week about him just getting, you know, speed of the pitch and not wanting to over, um, you know, have his brain have way too much information from the analytics and such. Just give me what, what the, the pitch throws and how fast that is. It was kind of simplistic. I think the next level for him is to, you know, really get into those numbers and let those numbers help him become the best hitter he can become. Because I said yesterday, greatness is within his reach and I expect greatness. And I was asking, is that right of me to expect this guy to be great? And most of the people's like, no, he is that great dedication to the game and just continuing to stay healthy as he has for the most part this year are what the things are going to drive him to greatness. Yeah, I see Robbie and people in the chat talking about the TA comments and the uh, what he might have said in the bottom fi- of the fifth. We'll try to talk about it. We'll try to lip read. I don't think he said, I hate this place or anything like that. Um, and I can't, uh, even if he did, I can't blame him. So, you know. But, we're, but we're, also, we're, like, Tim's been bad. Tim is either bad or not healthy. Like, I don't understand what is making him say, I hate this place in the bottom of the fifth. Yeah, I mean, 
Like, we'll what, what would cause him to say that? He He's not it's, stupid, folks. It was before the pitch that where the ball got away from Martin Maldonado, where Tim's sh- showing after the pitch is thrown, and I be, think people are kind of getting on him for not going to second. Um, He couldn't see the ball. He didn't know where it was. It was between right. Maldonado and the umpire's leg, so he can't see it from first base. And I think people took that, and then naturally, you know, people are thinking, rip, lip reading, and saying that he said that I can't say that. And if he did, I would firstly give him the benefit of the doubt because he's been a Chicagoan and he's been doing the things right for the most part in this city. I got to give him the benefit of the doubt there. And even if he did say it, who cares? Who doesn't hate it there? Why wouldn't you hate a 14 and 28 record? Well, I, I think you hate the the current. You can hate the current situation the place is in but i don't know if tim anderson hates this place i think it's pretty out of nowhere he starts hate like i don't i I don't know like tim hasn't shown a lot of frustration and he's randomly going to start showing it now i i get it i get it we hate the white Sox, but i i don't think we should let that jade what the white because we don't tim anderson hasn't expressed that he hates this place or is uncomfortable with anything. And I think if Tim Anderson was, he'd probably speak up. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's not the one to bite the, bite the tongue. He says things pretty much when he's got a mic in front of him, he speaks his mind. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. And we'll, we'll ask Vinny too, because there, there are there's some stuff health-wise, you know, maybe he was just frustrated. He couldn't react quicker on that ball. Maybe he's just hesitant to run to second because of his knee. And Stoney was saying, like, we'll see Tim Anderson when he's fully healthy, when he starts running and stealing and getting back to where he was earlier this year. You know, we haven't seen that just yet. Um, but let's... that's part of the problem, Sean. I've said it time and time again. The White Sox have their players rehab on the fly at major league yes. games instead of get you healthy. And then when you're healthy, then you get to go and play games down in the minor leagues to get your win right, get your conditioning right, get your timing back on your eye. And then when you're ready to play Major League Baseball again and no more excuses, you're on the field because you're playing 100% or it's close to 100% as you can be, not you're at 85% and hoping to get to 100% of where you can be at the Major Leagues. I think that leads to further injuries and it continues on a vicious cycle. So, yes, it seems like Tim is not 100% healthy, and you've got the stat from last year where he hasn't hit a home run since, what, May of last 22nd. year? 22nd. Yeah. So we're the almost second coming up in a game holes. of the doubleheader with the Yankees after uh, Josh Donaldson called him. The, the biggest home run probably of his 2022 year, and that was it. That was Done it. <laughs> and we haven't hit a home run since, and we know Tim is not that guy. Well, and so I, I wonder, hurt. like, if it's the injury, and then I also am thinking the same thing about Andrew Benatendi. He got me out of my seat. Uh, what was that? Hector Norris in the, the seventh inning. Oh, Almost. man, I thought that was a 108 shot. I thought Almost. someone from the 108 was going to catch that home run ball. We were going to be able to uh, – someone was going to be nice enough to give us Andrew Benatendi's first home run ball, and we'll put it in the CHGO studios. Um, but, yeah, no, he pulled that shit foul. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Like it was still like you know, like was- well before the, uh, the the foul pole line. Um, but going back to the Tim point, like the the rehabbing on, uh, you know, on the fly, I go back to since I, I think it was the Twin series where he subbed in in the ninth or so to hit 
or run and then he's in the field and he makes the error and that's how those runs score it's like that was supposed to be an off day like the guy's not going to turn down the ability to go out and you know try to help his team like we've seen this with Jose Abreu and I think that was a negative to the Sox and I don't think they've taken that out of their players like they need uh, what Liam Hendricks said last year they need an authoritarian like they need somebody to be like no this is the rule you're not healthy you're not playing and I, I think you're 100% right that you know Tim Anderson right now I don't think is 100% if he's 95% are you upset if he's playing like no. you know that's that's the one thing I do wonder what his his meet his actual meter is because we're not going to know I mean he's probably going to say you know 15% higher than what it actually is um but like I do wonder what how how healthy he would say he is like what percentage he would say he's at yeah and I, I don't need him to be at a meter, but Stoney's saying he's not running, and that's Tim's game. That's part of Tim's game is to use the speed, to utilize the speed, especially with the shorter bases or the bigger bases this year, so it makes the path a little shorter and more um, advantageous for him to get stolen bases. And he, we know that you know he's pretty successful when he does attempt a stolen base. So if he's not going to be that guy, I would rather him just get 100% healthy. We're When we were back in the days of Ozzy and different trainers, I mean, I think Herm was at the end of his career there. One thing they used to do is when the guy was out and then he said he was ready to go, Ozzy and the training staff would give him an extra day just to make sure that you're ready to go. Like they're erring on the side of caution back then. This has looked like they're rushing people up back. And I mean, even Jake Berger, surprisingly to me even though he had a home run today again because jake burger's jake burger off of that oblique he's just pretty much when the day was done got a couple days down there in charlotte's like i'm ready to go kids let's go and he showed but it seems like it's a team-wide thing where guys get back to the playing quicker than expected but also not a complete player yohan mancata said all last year came back quick from his oblique injury season pretty much was cash because he was just trying to get over that oblique injury the whole year and really his power was zapped muted myself uh yes a hundred percent um and, and two i mean we saw that with tony coming out and he probably shouldn't have said this because again it's just it's just bad uh but you know him saying well, you know we're protecting guys legs and it was literally like five of the hitters uh, last year uh and I, and I do wonder if any of those guys are dealing with that right now um Dave Barista uh is making sure and checking me making sure that I, I am saying happy mother's day uh to all the mothers because we do have some out in the crowd like socks mom 72 uh you know she's a mom it's in the username folks uh so happy mother's day to everybody especially uh all of our diehard moms you know you're yeah. you're a diehard socks fan you were you were before your kids and and that's the the thing about mother's day you know you, you are a a person mom should be celebrated shout out to moms yeah and i uh you are also, a person <laughs> i want to uh, echo the sentiments of you and dave barisa and most of our people out here who are watching us and listening to us on our podcast but also, I know today is a hard day for some people who are, don't have their mothers anymore or grandmothers. So I want to say, um, you know, comfort with you today on this tough day. And I hope all the memories of your mothers and grandmothers keep you warm and uh, cuddly. And they they speak through you and you live the life that they would want you to live. So I uh, hope that you guys are fine yourselves on those on this day. It might be tough for you. Um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Lenora and Brita. 
um, and, uh, you know, sky point to Kathy, uh, all the people, all the moms that I know, uh, or at least the, the ones that are close to me. Um, shout out to Linda too. Yep. Um, and shout out to, uh, this is a perfect transition. Shout out to Hulk Hogan's giant taint. Um, <laughs> For the super chat, uh, oh, $20 super chat. Here is money in place of tickets for a game. This is a dumpster fire TLR and the failure of spending big money for young quality starting pitching and left right fielder with constant injuries as doom the rebuild. Thank you guys for what you do. Thank you. Hulk Hogan's giant taint. Thank you. You're the real hero on mother's day. Um, you know, I, I agree with some of that and I, I disagree with some of that. Like, the dumpster fire part is that Tony La Russa was allowed, you know, it's, it's less that Tony La Russa was even the manager. Um, you know, Hey, they won 93 games in 2021 managers don't matter. Uh, it's, it's more of the players not being healthy for, you know, 46 games with their five best players since 2020. Um, it's, it's like, it's the injuries and just bad ownership. I mean, and is, is my like one in two, if I had to say like, this is why the rebuild failed. It's because of Jerry Reinstorf. And it's because of um, injuries. I mean, flat out. I mean, I would go there too. I mean, it's an organizational structure-wide thing that this White Sox team is the way it is. But I say that Jerry has been here for a long time and people have operated under Jerry successfully. I'll put those in quotes. Um, and won championships. So I will give the L to Kenny Williams and to rick hahn for not constructing a team under jerry ryan so if you know the parameters you know that he's not going to be going for the high price guy but as sean you point out a many a time and rightly so you need a guy to hit home runs you spoke about a guy to hit home runs and then you get a guy who doesn't hit home runs and andrew benintendi there were other people there a guy in minnesota joey gallo it's a lot of home runs guy in chicago Cody Bellinger hits a decent amount of home runs so far. Michael Conforto out in San Francisco hits home runs. These are not people at the top of the market either. Uh, Joe so, Callow just hit one 500 feet. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, was a these, crazy shot. These people you could have got and you would have solved one of the problems in your um, long quest to find a right fielder. And then you didn't get anybody for second base except for Elvis Andres, who hasn't been the guy that you picked up late last year, who was just overperforming, I think because he was getting out of Oakland, right. got out of the jail of Oakland. And he's like, oh, man, baseball. This is a, a pennant race. I'm, I'm excited. And now, you know, the carcass of Elvis Andres is out there with the White Sox. I know he's hurt now, so I don't want to pile on him too tough. But, yes, these guys are the ones that I put the blame on mostly. And, of course, the players get the majority of the blame because when you're going 100-plus oh. at-bats with zero home runs like Andrew Benintendi and Tim Anderson – at the top of your order, it's hard to win games. A hundred percent. But also both of those players, I, I think, are just having the lingering effect of injuries. Uh, the White Sox, I think, signed a player in Andrew Benatendi who was broken and damaged goods. Go back to how his season ended. He broke his hamatebone, H-M-A-T-E bone. Um, and that's usually not a killer no. for baseball players, but... Um, and, you know, the two that I have in mind, I know Giancarlo Stanton broke his, I think, in 2014. And he wasn't the same in 2015, 2016. He got right and hit like 59 homers. Uh, and then Jose Ramirez, who is a completely different breed, broke his Hamilton bone in 2018, 2019, 
and then came back for three games in 2017 for three games and played against the White Sox and like hit the three home runs because <laughs> he's Jose Tam Ramirez. So, you know, it's it's not, it, it's not a killer. It's not a nail in the coffin, but I, I do wonder if he's fully healthy. I do wonder if he if he does have the ability to drive the ball because clearly we haven't seen it. I mean, Jose Abreu, I think he's old, but like what what is wrong with Andrew Benatendi? He's 29 years old. I mean, he should be or I mean, he's maybe what, 30. I mean, he's not he's not he's not old, he's not over the hill. I mean, he's, he's a spring check in. If he's in the prime of his career, like what what happened? And I think it has to be an injury. Maybe or just the White Sox thing. When you bring over free agents, they don't perform. I mean, how many DFAs has this general manager made off of people that he brought over here as a free agent? Lots of them or. Pretty much what Kirk Kimbrell is. I mean, he wasn't a free agent; he was a trade, but pretty much a dump of him to get AJ Pollock, and then AJ Pollock's like, "Nah, I don't want that guaranteed thirteen million deuces. I'm out of here." Instead of you know having a guaranteed job, having guaranteed money, more than money than he makes currently in the major leagues, he wanted to get out. So there's got to be something that when you come here, either you forget how to play baseball or it zaps all your power away. You need some of that uh, Mike's special juice to get back to where you are. AJ Pollock are... is doing fine. He's making seven mil, and then with his buyout, he's making the same exact money no, that he would have made. He's only making twelve million. He would have made thirteen. Oh my! He's God. like, he's like, I want to leave this place immediately. And he went to and he went to Seattle, which is notably expensive as hell. And also, he wouldn't have. You know, he doesn't really get like everyday playing jobs up there. I think pretty much here. He's been playing a lot, if not every day, with the White Sox. So game playing and also $13 million in your pocket, he's like, nah, no, nah, son. I don't like my atmosphere here. It was not my – it wasn't conducive to me winning, so I got to go up to Seattle and win. Hey, uh, we wish him the best. We'll see. Is Seattle – I mean, Seattle's not even winning that division, right? They're not. No, are they even, Houston, are they second? Texas, Texas Rangers are winning it's that Texas, division. Texas, Seattle, Houston. Houston. I think it's Texas, Houston, Seattle. Maybe I'm wrong. I know the Astros, if they would have lost today, it would have been 500. Well, hey, I know they're two games better than they last were. Mm -hmm. Um, They they, they came in. But we don't uh, have to worry about who's going to win that division. We know that's going to be that Astros team. They're holding water without one of their best players, and he's coming back soon. So uh, hell is coming to breakfast. So we had a chance. We had all seven of our games without El Tuve, and we lost the majority of them. Hey, look at uh, look at the Angel. They're actually in third place. It's uh, Rangers at twenty four and fifteen, Astros twenty one and nineteen, uh, Angels twenty one and twenty, Mariners twenty and twenty. The Sox won't see the Astros again, right? No, that's it. That was okay. today. Was it? They've finished the season series with them, and I was thinking maybe possibly you can get a four to three win over these guys in the season series and have some solace and say we beat the reigning champions. We tied them up at their place, and we beat them here at our place. Got the season series. Take some positivity out that, and go and play them uh, Guardians on Tuesday. Not, not happening. Yeah, and we'll, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, talk a little bit more about Luis Robert. Um, talk to Vinny Duber as well, who's going to join us from Guaranteed Right Field. Um, I, I pulled back up the super chat um, from Hulk Hogan's Giant Tank because he said, "Here is money in place of tickets for a game." Hey, if you're trying to save stress on buying tickets to a game, concert, you know, maybe a, a little comedy show, uh, what else can you do? What else is out there? Circus? I don't think they do. I guess circus that's an anymore. event. Hmm. 
they, I mean, you could probably, like I mean, maybe there's a circus on. like in, in, in the woods. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, game time would have you if, if there was a circus in the woods game time would have keep you stress-free for that event um game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports music comedy and theater near you and with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have as well that money uh has already gone to jerry reinsdorf don't give him any more uh you know just go to game time and, and get hooked up right there um, you know, you can forget the planning in months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You get exclusive flash deals as well for ticket tick for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And Herb has already done this and it was very speedy. He got his money back in less than 12 minutes. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the app. Now, create an account and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Herb, do you have the comment read? I don't have it with me right now. I can go on my phone, which is on the other side of the, the bed. We're a mess. I could tap it. dance. You know, I could I could tap dance here. I while to you, stop the, while stop you the do camera that. real quick. Hold on. Um, I, could, I could give a shout out to Target, folks. You, you probably got a Target in your life. Um, this sun-soaked teak candle, I would highly recommend. Maybe, maybe a... You're stopping by your mother's day for a dinner and you're like, oh, shoot, I'm a I'm a I'm a bad son. I'm a bad daughter. You know, what am I going to I'm a bad person. I, I didn't get my my mom a gift. Uh, this was, I think, uh, eight dollars uh, and it's a beautiful mm. smelling candle. All right. Sounds good. Smells good. Combat, baby. I am ready. <laughs> the, the combat <laughs> energy efficiency program is committed to helping families <laughs> and businesses in the communities they serve. Helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Oh my God, Herb! They offer a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Comed also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Sean, how does that work with ComEd? It's her. It's 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 real simple. Herb, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. I mean, he's not here yet. I don't think I can have him sub in. Uh, within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Mm-hmm. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a bit, uh, if you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule a free facility assessment. Go to comed.com/slash/powering-biz. Sean, um, I'm a little hard of hearing today because I'm at home. We're on a remote show right now. Turn Did up you your say comed.com/slash/powering-biz spelled oh, B-I-Z? Okay. I, I, well, I, I actually wasn't going to understand it if you didn't spell it. Could you spell it again for me? Um, B I Z. You should be. Good. You should be on the spelling bee. Maybe, maybe that's going to be the next quiz. Is you and Vinny are going to have to spell players' names? I'm good with that. I actually was like third place in my middle school on spelling bee. He called the game on Saturday without googling it. Pierzynski, spell it. P I E Z Y N S K I. Spell it again. P I. It's pi. P I E R. Okay. Z Y N S K I. 
Correct. Uh, I, I didn't hear the R, so I just wanted to make sure you had it in there. Uh, but yeah, hey, look at you. You could be a spelling bee champion, Herb. Uh, yeah, the shout the out first to... and second place people were now doctor and lawyer. I'm a podcast. I mean, so th- that puts up in the upper echelon, right? I mean, you could take that to, you know, when when your contract's up. I mean, you can go chat with uh, our guy, Brandon Spano, and be like, hey, you know, in a, in a spelling bee that I placed third in, there was a doctor and a surgeon. So, yeah, like, you know. I, I could be comparable to them salary wise. Like Dr. Raj Misra makes a lot of money. You know, let's go. How much? I mean, how much do you think Tom Skilling makes? Did you know Selena Gomez for that awful Hulu show, Only Murders in the Building? She made $600,000 an episode. That girl made $6 million for a season per season of that damn show. That's take that to the bank. That's amazing. Good for her. Good for her. Good for her. And but like her, Martin I mean, Short and Steve Martin. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know how much. That's six million for that show. Have you ever watched it? I, I, I have. I'm, I'm, I'm on season two. It's it's but all you're right. Watching I, it though. Well, so I mean, That's I am I watching it. Money. But I, I mean, you you know, I mean, Steve Martin, Martin Short. I mean, those guys have been around. You yeah, know? but I no, mean, but you weren't drawn to that show because of Steve Martin and or Martin Short. Yes, I was. Mm. Do you even know those people? Yes. Have you ever seen Cheaper by the Dozen? I have. Have you seen Three Amigos? Yes. Okay, that's. Um, I was wondering, like, yeah, you need but Chevy I mean, Chase there. Yeah, I, I mean, I've also seen Wizards of Waverly Place. Uh, I mean, Selena Gomez is easily the worst part of the show. The girl gives nothing in the performance. I mean, it's just she is reading she it like. In? I mean, I think my ad reads have more uh, life than 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 her her uh, line reading. Uh, Joey, we are ready. I don't need to talk about Selena Gomez's performance on a damn Hulu show anymore. We can bring in Vinny Duber, a professional, a capital J journalist. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He is our CHGO beat writer, and you can follow his work at allchgo.com. Hi, Vinny. Hey, guys. How are we today? You're looking well-groomed. You know, the hair's looking nice and slick back. The, the mustache look, looking real nice and trimmed. Uh, I'm Every good. once in a while, a blind squirrel will find that nut. <laughs> Uh, good to see you. Uh, I guess that was the White Sox on Saturday with the three-one win, um, two out of three against Houston. Uh, we, we've had some discussion about Tim Anderson. We've had a discussion about Luis Robert. We, we have given shout-outs to moms though, so I don't know if you do want to take some time, maybe give a, a quick shout-out to any moms that you you, you do want to give a, a tip of the cap to. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. I don't need to go too deep. Yeah. I talked to her on the phone earlier today. I might drive to the ballpark. So. Uh, Got that taken care of. We're going to do a nice little brunch next weekend uh, when, with oh, yeah. with uh, with some time off. So, uh, but yeah, the uh, of course, happy Mother's Day to my mom. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. There you go. Shout out to Miss Duber. All right, uh, let's get into the White Sox. I tried to stall it as much as I could. Um, let's start with Tim Anderson, just because. Uh, first off, the, the video now rewatching it. I think Noah Fallon t- tweeted at me uh, on the, in the bottom of the fifth when I think Vaughn was up. Ball got away from Maldonado. Tim was on first base. There's kind of a decision like, should he, should he not go to second base? And then the camera was on tight with him, and it seemed like he mumbled something, bad lip reading, then had people you know, retweeting that he hates Chicago. Great. Awesome. That's really great and uh, cool. Um, it looks like he said, though, I should have been at second. What we've been talking about is more of – Tim Anderson and what percentage he might be playing at right now. I, I know that there was some comments about uh, Tim Anderson's health right now and his status and how they're trying to maintain his health uh, pregame from Pedro. So why don't you clue us in? 
Well, just to start off, I can tell you that uh, he did not say what the uh, right. folks on Twitter thought he did. <laughs> um, obviously, it sounds like you have already come to that conclusion, but uh, I can provide uh, from the ballpark insight that he did not say that. Um, moving on to his health. Yeah, he doesn't look 100 percent, does he? Um, you know, running to first base. He's a guy that Herb, you've talked about it many times, can fly uh, around the bases and watching him go down on uh, to first on a ground ball, watching him, you know, even take that jog on a, on a ball to the outfield or something like that. Uh, it doesn't look like we're used to seeing Tim Anderson look. So uh, the eye test tells you that uh, he is not at a hundred percent, but then, uh, you know, folks here uh, from yesterday heard that, that Tim's not at a hundred percent right now either. So, um, you know, more of the same kind of for, for what the White Sox have been dealing with the last few years. I do always like to remind people that 100% is probably not a real thing uh, for every baseball player, right? I don't think anybody's out there with the full green stamina bar like you see in a video game. But um, in terms of, uh, you know, just being healthy, it sure seems that Tim Anderson is not all that he can be. That being said, he's giving all that he can give. I'm sure that's the case, The you know, knowing him and, and having watched him play for the last few years. Um, but it's very clear that there's a, a player out there who is who is being hampered physically right now. Um, and listen, like I said, White Sox fans should be used to seeing that. They, they've seen it from Aloy Jimenez this very season. Uh, you know, they saw it from uh, maybe Andrew Vaughn the last couple of years uh, and a few other players last year who were mentioned as being in that category as well. So, um, it's the balancing act that a team has to uh, do to get the talent that they can get from their guys, from their everyday players, and not have to field, you know, a triple A team every single day versus trying to keep these guys healthy for the long run, too. So uh, it, it, it's it's not an easy job to do that. I don't envy. And again, that's something that I'm sure every single major league team out there is dealing with in some capacity right now. Um, but it just so happens the White Sox have dealt with it a lot. Um, as, as people well know, and they're dealing with it now from the guy who is supposed to be the engine of this offense. And Vinny, we see this weekend, Luis Robert continues toward May. Uh, as the kids say, he is on one right now with the home run and the double today, uh, tracking down a couple of balls in the outfield also. Um, my question is not for any, anything anybody said in the locker room, specifically today after the game, but just my thought is that Luis Robert should not be settling for anything under greatness. And I'm trying to figure if that is fair for me as fan to put that on a player of his caliber. Like, do you think that Luis Robert, anything less than being an all-star, which he hasn't been in his career, or being one of the top players in the league, uh, a perennial um, MVP candidate, is disappointing? Um, I mean, the first thing is you uh, can think whatever you want. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't think uh, there's a fairness element there. What I would say is those are lofty expectations. But the expectations that this team has had for this player have been lofty. Uh, we have been hearing for years that he is the six-tool player, the MVP-type player, the guy who can do absolutely anything on a field. You still bring up, even in the postgame today, Jake Berger is asked about what are you seeing from Luis Robert Jr.? And the first thing out of his mouth is, ooh, like these guys are still impressed enough by 
Luis Robert Jr. that they they talk about him in a different way than they talk about everybody else. Um, I think what you're seeing lately, the last couple of weeks, is uh, uh, and Pedro and Luis both talked about it today after the game. The result of doing some work on pitch selection, right? I mean, it seems like kind of a no-brainer for for folks who have watched Luis play the last couple of seasons that this was a big problem. It looks like he's really dedicated himself to that over the last, uh, you know, couple of weeks. Pedro said as much, Luis said as much, uh, you know, decision-making is what has uh, uh, been the focal point of some of the work. Luis said he's getting back to doing some of the, the drills and some of the workouts that he was doing during the off season, um, you know, that he wasn't doing that in the beginning of this season and he, he went back to that. So um, just some little things there, obviously, but it's, it's a, it's a thing where, um, obviously this guy has that talent and uh, he's, he's going to be able to show it if he keeps uh, playing like this. Well, if he keeps staying healthy, I mean, that's just the biggest thing with this entire team. I mean, we're talking about it with Tim. Um, I, 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 you know, I have some questions, I guess, about Andrew Benatendi. I'm just shocked that this guy has not hit a home run yet. Uh, he got me jumping out of my seat, as you're probably not surprised, Vinny, uh, on that one. He, he hit down the right field line. Um, but yeah, uh, with Robert, I think he's on pace for like literally like an eight war season. I mean, this is if he stays healthy, he just seems like a player that is extremely talented at baseball. He'll have some strump slumps, and I think his slumps probably look worse than other players. But clearly, when he's locked in, he's better than any other player. So as long as he's able to stay healthy, this this will easily be the best season of Luis Roberts' career. Yeah, and obviously, what you said is very much. Uh, you know, the, the first half of that sentence is what's very much important because that's what has prevented him from being this guy through the first few years of his career has been the injuries, has been the fact that he hasn't been healthy. Uh, he's been healthy this year. And so, you know, he, you're seeing what he's able to do when you bring up war. Obviously, I know, you know, I know a little bit uh, what is about, it good about for? the stats. I know that what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> but uh, I can tell you that the defense, right, is very heavily weighed into yeah. that. And so when you get a guy who can play gold glove caliber defense, who can cover the amount of ground that he can cover, um, you know, you're obviously going to get that. So uh, he's a he's, he's a really talented baseball player. I don't think anybody's ever said anything different, right? And, and it's just a matter of him being on the field, figuring things out and being locked in. Because, listen, when you hear that all he had to do was work on pitch selection for two weeks and he's got a 430 batting average you know in the last 15 days or whatever it is I mean it goes to show you how good he was and I'm not I'm not trying to say he wasn't working everybody every every uh thing you hear from everybody is that he works so, uh, really hard at this craft you wouldn't expect anything else from a guy who watched Jose Abreu uh for all for for all those years but you know, it, it, it goes to show you that the talent can take you an awful long way. And if you just tweak one or two things along the way, you make those adjustments, Herb, that we were talking about him having to make, then, you know, you get this. And this is very, very impressive. Well, and I get Joe's point here saying I'm so sick and tired of qualifying every projection with if they stay healthy. It seems like Herb is as well. But I mean, that's just the thing. Luis Robert has never played 100 games in a season. If he plays 100 games in a season, we'll probably see just something special because he'll be able to build on the consistency. He really has not had consistency in his career or in a season. And when we kind of have, it was like that stretch from August 12th of 2021 to the end of the year um, where he, oh, oh yeah, tore the cover off the baseball. So, like, again, repetition, seeing it, mental visualization, 
the more he sees, the better he'll get. And that that's just exciting with his talent. It doesn't mean that it's ever going to come to fruition because, you know, um, injuries are a real thing. But Barista's right. I had this thought, like, he is a Connor Bedard level prospect superstar. If he is healthy and he plays 150 games, if we're lucky, he's going to have an incredible season that puts him top three, top five of MVP. He might win the damn thing, too, um, if he was on a better team. Yeah, well, right. That's usually how that works. You, you, right. you got to go ahead and have some sort of insane season like Shohei Otani always does in order to uh, go ahead and uh, overcome your team's record. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, is like the headline. Absolutely. There's a big headline around Luis Robert Jr. right now. And, and I mean, I, he's he's been fantastic this month. But the question I had for everybody, him included in the in the postgame today was, how are you guys handling this this challenge? Like, you have to dig out of this huge hole. Uh, I mean, they're, they're what, they're a quarter of the way through the season and they've got twice as many losses as they do wins. Um, nobody saw that coming. You could be the most pessimistic person out there. And I know we've got a lot of them that watch and listen on a regular basis who are not, you know, thrilled with the off season, who are not thrilled with, uh, you know, this team, this roster coming off of last year. You did not think that they were going to be 14 games under 500 at the quarter mark. Uh, and, and so listen, they, they think, they, uh, they believe that they can uh, do something to turn this around. You got to go do it. And, and it's, it's quite the challenge, even if they work and they play well. And, and listen, I don't think today was picture perfect by any standard. I mean, it's not like they just had a bad break today. They didn't play very well today either. But um, it's, it's, you're never going to escape that. You're never going to escape that, the standings. You're never going to escape your record. So, Yeah, and today Lucas started the game off gave up three runs in that first inning and then settled in and then gave up the solo shot to Diaz, I think his first home run in his career. Did he speak or Pedro speak about the first inning struggles? And yeah, the Astros, I mean, two, three, four, I mean, that's tough. And even more impressive to what Dylan did yesterday where he leaves the game and he pretty much dominated the Astros lineup. Um, did Lucas speak about that first inning and why he didn't couldn't find his command it looked like initially and then when he did that slider up to uh, Alvarez he just got murdered yeah said he didn't feel very well physically uh, I, not that he was like sick or anything but just like you know wasn't he wasn't feeling it out there for the when he when he showed up he said I think I think he said it's the worst he felt he's felt all season just in terms of his you know the whole pitching everything that goes into being a pitcher from a physical standpoint. Uh, and he said he had a horse shit first inning. Must have been hanging around Lance Lynn because that's a word we've heard from him a little too often. But, um, you know, it, it, it was a, a matter of just having a bad stretch of hitters there. It happens. It happens to Lucas, by the way. Lucas does this, not the f bad first inning necessarily, but this thing where you look up at the end of six innings and he's retired nine guys in a row, or he's gone the last five innings and only allowed three base runners or something like that. But he, he's not, he doesn't have always have it from the jump. And uh, he said, he, he knows he, he talked about it. He's got to fix it. Uh, you know, he, he talked about today, it, it killing the momentum that they, that they had from that win last night. He goes, you know, we wanted to win this series badly and I screwed it up kind of by, by the way he started off. Now, again, team's got to go score more than three runs. It's, right. it's, it's a team game. Obviously I'm not saying that he uh, is right to put everything on him, but that being said, 
that's what ended up costing them the game today. And he, he knew it, you know, and, and he, he knows that he's got to be better earlier on if he doesn't have everything clicking the way that he wants it to be clicking. Uh, but also he's been their best starting pitcher this year. And I think if you're going to look around that pitching staff and say, who is probably the least uh, of, of the White Sox worries right now, it would have to be Lucas Giolito. I, I would like the hitters to be this upset with themselves after, you know, every game. I mean, what we saw from this series was, three runs, one run, or three runs, three runs, one run. I mean, it's, it's again, it's the offense. You know, I mean, the, the pitching today, I mean, for, for White Sox standards in 2023, having that bad inning and then only giving one run through the last eight, that's pretty good. I mean, Aaron Bummer pitched, Reynaldo Lopez pitched. They didn't give up a run, folks. I mean, that, that's, that's the damn party in the streets. Well, and, and not only that, but, like, we talk about how great Luis Robert Jr. is hitting right now. The guy's driven in like 75% of the runs they've scored in the last week. Like he's, he's hitting excellent and that's great. And he does look like that guy who can quote unquote carry a lineup, but carrying a lineup is more of a um, metaphorical thing than it is real. You cannot only have one guy hitting and one guy driving in all the runs. This is a team sport. Like we just mentioned, you can have a guy who's an MVP candidate. He's got to have some other guys around him to drive in, some other guys around him that are getting on base and driving him in. Um, so, you know, yeah, he's on a great streak right now, but what good is it going to do you if you've only got one guy hitting? You can't re- you can't rely on a uh, an MVP caliber week to give you four wins. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. And so there's a reason they only had two this, uh, you know, over the last seven days. Right. And two, I mean, I know Vaughn's been decent. I mean, he's 13 RBIs in the last 15 games, but still, I mean, we go back to the top of the lineup. I mean, Andrew Benatendi's having a career worst year and, and Tim Anderson following. I mean, those two guys haven't been able to provide a ton of pop at the top of the lineup. Uh, Benatendi did a good job of getting on today. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, again, not, 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 didn't uh, come to too much fruition. Uh, we'll take a break here. Want to talk some Gavin Sheets? Nice catch out in the outfield from Gav today. Uh, want to talk some Yasmani Grandal and then uh, anything else that might come to mind. But those are the, the two big ones that I want to chat about. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, though, and let you know about Fubo TV. That's how I watched the game today. They have 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. Not only did I stream it from uh, my TV today, uh, I can stream it on my laptop when I need to you know, be at the office and I, I, you know, maybe uh screenshot some stuff uh for for social uh and then i also have it on my phone as well you know if if i if i want to be listening to the game maybe jason uh, and, and steve so uh, I, I really do love fubo tv and i do love the thousand hours of cloud dvr that's included at no extra charge you could stop wa- start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial there's no contract no cable no hassle just start so just sign up and start watching. You might not want to watch the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago, but there is the NHL draft where Connor Bedard will likely become a Blackhawks, uh, Blackhawk. Uh, there's the French Open, the PGA Championship, the WNBA. Uh, and hey, shout out to the new Sky Crew as well. Uh, new uh, Two new hosts over uh, hosting CHGO Sky, so go support them. You can watch the White Sox, though, on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Uh, also want to let you know about Shady Rays. It's been a gloomy couple days here in May. Uh, not too much sun, but you can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with warm with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product. Excuse me. 
that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shader Ace offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, it tells us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shader Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And after 30 days, if you don't love your Shader Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for your free. Because again, Shader Rays has your back exclusively for you. Shader Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShaderRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Uh, let's... Let's go to Yasmani here because well, I'll cut you off real quick here, Sean. I can I can tell you, Tim Anderson said I hate that pitch clock. There you go. Oh, okay. W- was that like a post scrum or? I can tell you that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> we'll clip that and just <laughs> there. There you go. If any do, we're spreading the good word. Um, cool. Yeah. I mean it. it it, 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 he he was on base, so like I don't know what. So he so you the the back and I, forth was like I I do wonder again. Like, what, I think everybody was I think everybody was worried about obviously well they are obviously jumping to something you know negative right away, but they were worried about maybe what was happening exactly in the moment. Uh, White Sox had four pitch clock violations today. Um, you know a lot of them, uh, and, and one of them was uh, during a TA at bat. So you know, referencing uh, maybe what he was talking about earlier to his former teammate there at first base with uh, with Jose Abreu standing right next to him. But, you know, Lucas was asked about it too. Pedro spoke about it after the game and said he wasn't happy about it, that that this is something the White Sox have to clean up. Lucas said he was uh, called for one between innings. So, so uh, you know, the warm-up pitches between innings, apparently he just went too long with one of them, and they called him for a pitch clock violation for it. And he was like, well, I didn't even know that was – part of the rules. So he has to go back and, 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 and check that out maybe. But uh, Pedro was not happy that, that this was happening to the White Sox today. And you saw him chatting with the home plate umpire at one point too. Uh, you know, if you wanted to do some lip reading, you could go do that. But uh, uh, the, the obviously he was not happy with uh, how the White Sox, how his players uh, handled that today either. So he wants them to clean that up. Um, so, and, and that was the, the violate, I forget the violation was in the bottom of the fifth at bat that got him on base. I don't remember specifically, but okay. I know T.A. was hit with a pitch clock violation during one of his at-bats today. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And th- that's why we have big J journalist, Vinny Duber, on the scene. Uh, go follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Um, all right, so I want to go to Yasmani first because he's not on the I.L. I think Pedro talked about that on Saturday or maybe even Friday, uh, the decision on if they are or not going to put him on the IL, but we saw him suiting up for a potential 10th inning uh, to catch. So, you know, maybe he can't start, but if they need him to right now, I mean, like what's the status of Yaz? So he obviously tweaked his hamstring running the bases in Kansas city last Thursday. He, it was still bothering him Friday and it was still bothering him enough yesterday. He was written in to the starting lineup yesterday and then he was scratched, but still bothering him. Today, uh, he was said to be available for whatever the White Sox needed him to do. And like you said, you saw him putting on the catching gear there late in the game. Uh, Today, I believe it was just a day for Sebi Zavala to start. Um, I believe Sebi has caught Lucas in every start but one this season so far. Um, So I just think that was them sticking with a good thing there. You know, Sebi and Lucas working well together. Um, Pedro Griffel completely uh, expects... uh, 
Diaz to be back in the lineup on Tuesday when they start their series against Cleveland. So um, I don't think uh, it's going to keep him out any longer. You get a lot of complaints, obviously, from folks who are like, well, if a guy's hurt, why isn't he just on the IL? It's for situations exactly like this. Yasmani missed two games. I mean, technically, he didn't play today, so that's three. But he missed two games because he was available today. Um, they would rather that they have him for, for uh, you know, at their disposal for the eight other games rather than just put him on the DL and lose him. So they, they Pedro even mentioned on Friday that it was going to be a multiple-day process in figuring out exactly what was going on with him and, and, and evaluating what he needed to do. We've seen him out here before the games running around and, 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 you know, moving to make sure that hamstring is, is working the way he wants it to, or working in a way that can allow him to play, which you should expect him to do on Tuesday. I don't know when Aloy is coming back, but it should be what, three to five weeks from now um, after the appendectomy, but phew, he will have to play in the outfield because that Jake Berger is not going a damn place that like, Coming off the IL after two days at the rehab center, and he was like, I'm good, and he crushes another ball for a home run, goes two for four. Like, these are good problems the White Sox actually have, but their good problems are that they have, like, four DHs, and the ones that are hitting are the ones that, you know, are part-time players or they weren't, depending on at the beginning of the year. But did they speak about, like, just the thing about Jake Berger? His whole story is just amazing to me, too. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who has... You, you always talk about opportunity, right? When especially when you get these guys who are called up from the from the minors because of an injury or something like that. Hey, you got an opportunity to go show something. Jake Berger was not on the opening day roster. He got his opportunity when Moncada went on the IL early, and he has made himself one of the more important hitters on this team, at least if this is the way that these guys are going to hit the rest of the year, because he's one of the only guys that's doing it with much consistency. Um, you know, now obviously Jake Berger at home. Versus Jay Burner on the road are, are, are two different two different sets of numbers if you want to go look at those. But man, you put him in a ball game in this ballpark, it seems like it's going to be an automatic home run. Uh, he he has been excellent, and they should uh, absolutely make sure that keeping him as part of this lineup is a priority for the time being. They don't have to worry about it. Aloy Jimenez is going to be out for a while, maybe more than a month still. Um, Jake Berger can uh, play DH basically every day. Uh, Pedro said that when. It comes time for Moncada to get days off. Uh, Jake Berger will play third. And he said that he might even be mixed in a little bit at first base as well. For everybody out there who keeps showing up in my Twitter replies and who might be a co-host of the show, I don't know your, uh, your guys' opinions on this specifically, Jake Berger is not going to play second base. Oh, no, no. Yoan Moncada is not going to Ooh. play second base. Uh I, I, I've been getting that a lot, just, hey, move one of them a second, because, again, Elvis Andres has not been producing very well, and now Elvis Andres is on the IL, so you're going to see a lot of Hans or Alberto at second base. But asked about it today, Pedro Gafol says they have not even talked about either Berger or Moncada playing any second base. Um, you know, earlier in the season, he was asked about that as well and said, hey, it may be in years past when you could shift and you could bring the shortstop around, you could cover that ground with a guy who wasn't so – adept at playing second base, but the, the burger to second base thing is not going to happen, even though he worked out there a couple years ago in the minors. Uh, and Moncada, who obviously played second base as a major leaguer, he's not going over there either. Far too valuable is Moncada defensively over at third base uh, to, to, move him, to move him to another position. 
Yeah. And, and no, I'm more toxic than that. Um, I, I would be suggesting Andrew Vaughn to play second base, uh, maybe Jake Berger in left field. You know, I, I, I'm saying, you know, let's get crazy with this, folks. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't. Jake Berger didn't make the roster because he couldn't play third base defense. And he's been adequate there this year so far. But when do the wheels fall off on that? Uh, I mean, we, we, we really saw a player struggle there. And even to the point we were surprised that he actually was going to play third base for this team when he got called up. We thought that he'd just be a DH type, maybe even first base, because that seemingly uh, became his position during uh, spring training. Um, speaking of sugar, um, Gavin Sheets with that great play. Um, I, I mean, he talked about to you in a spring training about his defense. That was a that was a slick play out there. It was a great catch. It was a great catch. Now, unfortunately, Chas McCormick upstaged him with the final out of the game, and 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 <laughs> it wasn't even the best play made in that outfield today. Um, but yeah, what a great what a great catch by Gavin Sheets. And you know, I, I think a lot of people um, lump him in again, rightfully or wrong, or you know, right or wrong. I'm not really trying to defend anything one way or the other, but they lump him in with these guys who have been for lack of a better term, kind of butchers in the outfield the last few years. You got Vaughn playing out of position, you know, the, the last couple of seasons, and then all of the misadventures that Eloy has had out uh, have had has had out there. Uh, but Sheets, he works at it, man. He he works he works at it every single day, taking fly balls in the outfield. We see him working out here before the games, um, and he obviously has the confidence that the White Sox don't have in other areas. Right? They're not. You notice they're not putting Andrew Vaughn in the outfield anymore. They did that the last two years, and they're like, no, Andrew Ron is a first baseman now. This is what he does. Aloy Jimenez is hurt, and so that throws – or not hurt, recovering from an appendectomy, and so that throws kind of a wrench into things. But they don't have a problem right now with trotting Gavin Sheets out there on an almost daily basis. And for the most part, he's done all right. Obviously, there's some glaring moments that one in Minnesota, which I'm sure he would like to have, you know, uh, scrubbed from uh, not only his memory but everybody's um, – but, you know, you're going to get that with a guy who doesn't have the athletic ability of, say, Luis Robert Jr. out there in center. Uh, but that was a tremendous catch today. And you're not going to stop seeing Gavin Sheets uh, in right field, particularly while Eloy is out and uh, maybe even after Eloy comes back, just because what did we hear when Oscar Colas got sent down? This is Gavin Sheets' opportunity to shine. Now, you know, you might need he might end up the odd man out because if you're going to have, uh, you know, if you're going to try to crowbar Jake Berger into this lineup, he's going to need to do it at DH. If you're you're not you're not taking Mokata out of it, and Eloy's got to play somewhere, so maybe Gavin Sheets ends up as the odd man out. But he's been decently consistent at, at, at the plate this year, and a nice play today in right field. And uh, last thing I got for you, Vinny, and I don't know if you can even really answer this, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, this loss today was, I think, one of those losses that were going to happen. It's not really a bad loss. It's a loss. You know, you're going to lose games. And so I was wondering how the clubhouse took this loss. I don't know if you can actually compartmentalize this loss or they're just feeling the 14 and 28 as a whole. And they're just down, you know, as a collective because their record sucks. But I wouldn't be too upset if I was them for their effort they gave today. So I don't know if you can like assess how the clubhouse felt after the game, if it felt any different than any other loss where I felt that they were just kind of like listless and, you know, fundamentally not sound. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing. These things don't happen in a vacuum and, you know, as much as they want to say, we got to take it one day at a time. And maybe that is the mindset that you have to use in order to put 
this record behind you and, and try to dig yourself out of the hole, you know, this was their 28th loss. They've done a lot of losing so far. Um, you know, we talked about it all last year. You know, it's not necessarily that any of the guys who were part of those fun loving White Sox teams went anywhere. They just started losing too much and losing more than they thought. And guess what? It's no fun to lose. So, um, they're losing again, and they're, they've lost a lot more, uh, you know, from a rate standpoint than they did last year. Um, Lucas Giolito talking about it. Jake Berger talking about it. They need results. They need to start winning some games. They need to start – they need to get on a little bit of a hot streak here so they can, you know, find this, this challenge as being something that's a little bit more realistic. I don't know if – Personally, I would call it realistic for them to dig themselves out of this, but it's not like they got a double-digit deficit in the standings. The the you know the Twins aren't uh, uh, you know running away. Although maybe if they get to play the Cubs every day, they will. Uh, but sixteen uh, to three. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean no, there there's nobody in that uh, clubhouse right now who's jumping for joy or, or cracking lies after the after you lose for the twenty eighth time uh, in the first quarter of the season. So. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to say that there's some sort of clubhouse problem or anything like that. It's just you're asking me about the mood. Well, when these guys lose, the mood's not usually good. And when you lose a lot, it's hard to turn that mood around quickly. So um, even if they win, come out on Tuesday against the Guardians and win, right, and, and win in some big fashion, they'll say, yeah, we needed that one. We need to get a lot more. And, and that's going to be the case until they do it. Yeah. And they need serious wins. I mean, they just they don't need – day-to-day wins i mean they they need to start stringing wins together if they do want to be a player uh in the playoffs this season which just makes me laugh uh even saying out loud uh just some quick hitters uh liam hendricks did pitch today i know it was kind of up in the air if he was or wasn't going to pitch and feel up to it uh, on sunday he did pitch an out struck out a guy in four pitches uh and his velocity was uh i can't find it uh, there it is, uh, 93.6. So uh, I don't know if he's going to be – I think Tuesday is his next scheduled day to pitch, and they were going to reevaluate. So uh, we'll have more on Liam on, on Thursday. But he did pitch today, which uh, is a good sign. Uh, Lane Ramsey had eight of the ten fastest pitches in the Bulls and Knights game today. Vinny Duber, I know you, uh, you, you wouldn't want to see Lane Ramsey on the White Sox uh, bullpen, but hey. I don't know if I'd go that far. I'd say take a look at the ERA and AAA and tell me that uh, that uh, demands a quick promotion over some of the guys, the veteran guys, I should say, that they've got up here. That's, all, that's all I was trying to say. No offense he, to Lane Ramsey, of course. He's 6'9 and throws 99. I mean, that probably feels like 110 to the people. Um, all right. Uh, the only other thing, too, is like – I don't know if Benintendi has spoke because there hasn't been a huge burst out game for him, but it has to be frustrating coming to a new city and not really having the performance that you'd think you'd have. I mean, it's not to his career level. I don't, I don't know if he's uh, talked about too much frustration. He does kind of seem like a quiet guy. So uh, I don't know if that's going to be something he ever speaks on, but you know, well, why not I, ask? I mean, I think, I think what you're talking about is, um, reality right i mean it's not like he's like pretending that everything's going smoothly and and probably mm-hmm. quite the opposite because i remember joe kelly who played with him in boston told me in you know during spring training this was a guy who you know had what i think a four hit game in the in the in the world series or something like that and he was mad that it wasn't better kind of thing at the time and you know that was to illustrate the kind of competitor that benintendi is um so yeah i'm sure he's far from 
comfortable with what's going on right now. Um, and then I think the biggest thing, though, too, is if you're looking at it from an, from an outsider's perspective, is is what was he brought here to do? Be consistent, right? I mean, the the, the the one thing that we said, Sean, whether, you know, you you were, you know, right to point out that this was not an addition that addressed the power need that this team need, uh, had this offseason, but we were like, well, but that's fine, but at least he's going to do this, this, and this. We know what Andrew Benintendi does over the course of his career. We know what an Andrew Benintendi season looks like. This is far from it. And so I think the uh, the thing that they were banking on getting from Benintendi, the consistency, the reliability, the thing where you could say, okay, yeah, he might not go out there and hit a three-run homer in this at bat, but he's going to find a way to get on base or to, to hit the ball the other way or, or, or to do something that's going to help this be a productive and a successful outcome. He has not got, been doing that. And, and I think that uh, Pedro even talked about it today saying he knows he has, because Pedro managed him, that he's – far from showing what he can do to, to the fans in this town. You know what I mean? So I don't think White Sox fans should look at this and go like, oh, they, they paid for this. Oh, my God, what are you talking about? This is a guy, obviously, who knows that he's got a lot more tools in the bag. And and perhaps he perhaps it is just an extended slump. And, and you look up at some point, and you're like, oh, that that's what Andrew Benintendi is supposed to be. That's why they gave him the money. That's why he was the the, the major addition this offseason. But right now, he's not doing it. And so, obviously, if you're frustrated, you better believe he's frustrated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm just I, I would assume that he would be. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you, you look at last year and an on-base percentage of 373. Uh, now he's sitting around 321. I think that's raised because he, he got on base three times today, which is nice, you know, and, and maybe – you know that that is a guy that will reflect the the back of the baseball card at some point this season. Um, you know, I, I just I there, there's so many guys that could be frustrated. You never know who who might speak out. But uh, that's Vinny Duber. You I'll give you one more here. I'll give you one more here, Sean. Before we go, uh, Sox yet to announce their probable pitchers for the Cleveland series. So um, it seems like, and Pedro said as much, uh, there could be a little bit of a shakeup, not in terms of somebody getting you know cut or anything like that, but just. They want to give guys days off. They want it. So it might not go in the order uh, that, that it was set to go in. Um, there might be a little bit of jockeying with the starting pitchers uh, here this week. So right now on ESPN, they have Lynn Clevenger, Kopech. You would say that that probably will not reflect, you know, we might find out more Monday. Right. We will find out more Monday. Basically, basically what I can say right now is that they haven't announced anything. And so okay. usually they have. And so usually it would be as easy as just saying, all right, who's next kind of thing. Uh, they might tinker with things a little bit. Right. And the, I mean, there's not really a, a guy that you're going to call up in AAA. There's not really somebody who's performing well and, and has the ability to give you true length. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you well, know, I think the idea, too, is this off day tomorrow is something they can play with. So maybe, you know, maybe you'll see Cease scoot it up a bit or something like that. Right. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the one thing I was thinking is, you know, uh, it goes Lynn Clevenger, Kopech, Cease. Maybe maybe we see Kopech and Cease possibly flipped because that that off day on Monday. Uh, we'll be able to talk about this on Monday. We have an off day show tomorrow. So why not uh, talk to Vinny and Herb tomorrow when we learn more? We'll talk about that important Guardian series coming up. Uh, and, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll bring in more games. You know, maybe we'll have some fun on an off day. Herb, you want to add something? Yeah, just real quick. Uh, as we started the show, happy Mother's Day to my mother and happy Mother's Day to my fiance's mother, Debbie. So um, and everybody who's out there who has mothers and um, are celebrating with them today. Happy Mother's Day to them, too.
Vinny brought up a, a, a Beck Debra reference. Uh, so you you mentioned Debbie. I thought of Debra. Uh, and now I'm going to go listen to that song. Uh, that's her. Love that song. Love that song. Uh, shout out to JC Pennies. Uh, shout out to Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, no, you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, and you can read his work at allchgo.com. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, shout out to the GOAT, Joey Spathis, for producing the show. Hit the like button on your way out, and we appreciate everyone for hanging out with us on this Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. We'll talk to you on Monday.